Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sox fans, my name is Brett Valentini. Lucky enough, hey, did you miss us? It's been like six months. I don't know how long has it been. It's been since the the easiest butter only games against the AL Central run that the White Sox just finished. When we all thought, oh my God, they'll win 15 and they'll be in first place at the All Star break. Okay, didn't happen. We're going to talk about that. I'm Brett Valentini. Lucky enough to host this podcast with my select group of podcast guests representing the entirety of the Indianapolis field office. As always, nearly as always, Crystal O'Keefe and Super Joseph Reeses. Welcome. Uh, Adrian Serrano hopping on. He's at ball games. He's not at ball games. He's doing a little bit of this. He's doing a little bit of that. He likes to talk about Leori Garcia. Oh, I, I bet Leori might come up in this podcast. And, oh my goodness, <laughs> straight from spring training, it's Hannah Lamata back with us on the podcast. A welcome uh, Hannah, our regular recapper about weekly or so, plus specialist in AL Central uh, analyzing. So <laughs> we've had a lot of engagement with the AL Central recently and to come. So we'll check in with Hannah on that. Okay, uh, White Sox come out of the break and go into the break really hot. Everybody's mood is a little bit higher. <laughs> Three out of four in Minnesota and really punching them in the mouth, not even just winning those three games, but really taking it to them. That Sunday game was a glorious thing to see because that team looked like it had no fight. Not sure why they were about to get a week break, but, uh, and then the White Sox came out of the break losing the first two. 
Thank God they salvaged uh, the other two games of the series, four games in three days, still 500, perpetually 500. So the question around the table here to begin is, and we're going to start positive, give me something you're feeling good about coming out of splitting with Cleveland and sort of heading into <laughs> this even, even buttery part of the schedule uh, to come because this is the time to make up some ground for the White Sox. Uh, Crystal, uh, let me go. Let me go for the block in the top corner. Uh, let's start with you. Uh, Yoan Moncada being back, apparently. Like, he's he's seeing his pitches. He's hitting the ball. He's His plate discipline has improved drastically. Um, and his defense is – I mean, his defense wasn't the issue ever. But, man, he's on a tear right now, and I am living for it. Yeah, boy, we've all been waiting for it. All, especially all of the Mankata defenders. Maybe all four of us are uh, among those. It's like, oh, geez, come on, <laughs> you know, don't uh, don't make us uh, change our minds about you. But hey, that guy's a star player, and he has superstar potential. So maybe that's a maybe that's a second half thing. Okay, Hannah, uh, right after dinner and right after your return to this podcast, uh, give me something you're feeling good about. Uh, I definitely liked Lance Lynn's outing last night. Oh, yeah. I- very much so needed that. Um, and it's just nice to see that if he starts consistently, you know, pitching better, that helps the rotation a lot. And also just the the power, like from the lineup, especially today with, with the, the three homers, that's always good. And I feel like the offense is slowly, we're getting everyone back. And it's just slowly people are finally like, hey, like this offense can do some damage. And um, I think hopefully it'll only get better, um, especially this next stretch of games. So it's very nice to see that, though, yes. consistently more. Yes. Sneak preview of the second half of the podcast, the glorious time where we get to discuss the uh, quad A opponents the White Sox have until mid-August. It's pretty delightful and delicious. Okay, Super Joseph, it hasn't already been picked. Pluck me up something new, something you're encouraged by from this last series. Starting to get the sense that Johnny Cueto's strong start to the season wasn't just a fluke. <laughs> no kidding. It, it took a while for me to kind of get convinced about that with you know, the kind of poor history of Rick Hahn signings, you know, who are you know, kind of past their prime. But yeah, Cueto's, he's, he's been proving me wrong. And it's it's been great to see. And yeah, they don't even need him to be really even close to how how good he's been so far. Like he, he could regress a fair amount and still be exceeding expectations. And um, so it's great to see him, um, you know, be as, as consistent as, as he's been there in the rotation. I'll admit, I'll take the loss months ago when we we're talking about Johnny Cueto being the thing. I was like, we know this guy's not going to be a difference maker. It's great to have another arm who can actually throw. All right, listen, I admit it. I was wrong. Even if he, you know, if he retires tomorrow, God help us, Johnny, do not do that. Uh, if he retires tomorrow, oh, come on. Massive plus, and Rick Hahn can almost hold his head up high. Almost, not quite. In fact, no, don't hold it high, high at all, Rick. Uh, you blew the offseason. Okay, Adrian Serrano, uh, all the good ones were taken up, so pick me up something that's got you a little bit encouraged. Uh, I mean, besides the obvious of Leo Garcia having a home run today. I mean, uh, he, what's got you excited? I will say that he did it off of a 90 mile an hour fastball, which he's not going to see a lot of in the league at this point, but uh, you know, he's going to take them where he can get them. I'm, I'd rather him go back to being, you know, mediocre than bad because he's been real bad. Um, but I'm encouraged by Aloy, Aloy, two home runs. 
he's only eight behind the team lead. Like he's <laughs> got a chance at it. Like even not uh, playing for a while here, but um, so, you know, his legs are, he's obviously, he came out and he said that he knows this year, he's just going to have to push through and play a little sore and do what he has to do. But his legs seem there at the plate. So like, that's a good start, you know, like just do what you can. If we can rest uh, Andrew Vaughn so much in the first half to make sure he's ready, I guess, to play in the second half when you have to rest Aloy for real. Yeah. Yeah. The team, the team slow, you know, they always have like the t-shirts of the team slogans. Uh, I forget what they were when I was covering. They always have their, you know, like where they wear under their uniforms. Uh, yeah. There's must have be something like, you know, don't, you know, don't run too fast or uh, going to have to play with pain. They got to have some, they got to change those slogans. They got to be a little more uppy because then maybe it gets in their, their heads and then they, they get hurt running at first base. All right. Okay. We got to do this. We got to do this. Uh, you know, because after all, they did just, you know, it, it's tough to win a four game series. It's definitely nearly impossible to sweep a four game series, even against, I don't know, the Royals. Uh, so, you know, we certainly didn't expect this is about what you would have expected come out of the break, sort of hoped for three, but, uh, but couldn't get that. And the problem was they're dead, dead in the water. I mean, I, I, this almost feels like not a split because like they start with the two losses, you know, here, here we go again. Um, so with, with that sort of lead in, uh, Hey, let's reverse the order. Uh, Adrian back to back here. Uh, double ups, uh, something that's still uh, bugging you about this team, aside from the fact that we are, uh, what would this be, 96 games? And I don't, uh, Joe's a math guy. Uh, I mean, we're well into the season and we're 500. Aside from that, what's bugging you? Um, yeah, I mean, mostly just that. Like, they came into this very important 19-game stretch and they made up exactly one half game on the first <laughs> place. Like, so, like, hooray for you for, like, your division being mediocre within a bad division. So like we've got another 19 games coming up against really low opponents, but like, uh, what do I expect them to do? Maybe 500, maybe a little better. Cause that's what this team is. Like, I don't think I'm like upset by anything. I'm just realizing that like this team just doesn't play well enough to be better than uh, a 500 team. Maybe just a little better. 83 wins, 84, like feels mm-hmm. right. Like, it's not bad. It's still a lot of wins. It's hard to win 84 games in the major leagues as the pirates, you know, but <laughs> it's uh, not what we would have expected for this team, but like we expected a really well coached, you know, hungry team that went out and played with energy. And you see that in a team like Cleveland who's leaving town now, but um, it seems like they play above their talent level, like where the Sox continually, like we're hoping for them just to show up at their talent level. And it's just a different expectation than I would have had earlier this year. Joe, I think it was uh, only recently that the White Sox finally broke you. You've generally been uh, an upbeat guy on the podcast, and I think they, they did finally crush your spirit a little bit. But um, ha- has that changed? Uh, and uh, I guess I also need to know then uh, what's bumming you out about this team still? Um, I'm if forced to choose if they're going to make the playoffs or not. I'll still, I'd still lean toward no at this point. So I, I wouldn't say they've, they've crushed my spirit. It's, they've <laughs> Certainly are in a worse position at this point than I would have anticipated. But yeah, there's, there's some hope remaining. Um, Yeah. I think the one thing right now that's bugging me more than anything else has been the outfield defense, which that issue has been very much amplified with Luis Roberts being out recently. Um, But there's really no excuse to have Andrew Vaughn Gavin sheets getting so much, playing time in the outfield, but that's just the way that the lineup has been constructed in, 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 for a season that is right in the middle of a a contention window. 
And I just don't really understand how that happened. And um, so, yeah, they're just giving up too many runs there. And, you know, while, you know, in the recent starts, you know, with, the, by Lucas Giolito, he had a lot of soft contact go for hits. Um, so he he'd certainly got unlucky there. But I mean, if we're going to have as bad, like that bad of outfield defense, then maybe that wasn't really that unlucky after all. Mm, yeah, good point. Despite low exit velocities left and right. Yeah, when we made the trade, AJ Pollock starting in center field didn't seem horrifying now that we've seen him play it's like holy cow aj pollock is playing center field for the chicago white Sox. and the problem with as you alluded to with with luis sort of being hurt you know he's sort of chronically you know a little bit hurt I, you know we make jokes that he can cover you know pole to pole he sort of can but when he's hurt he you know he's he's lucky if he's not smashing the wall himself so it really does take his defense down his defense has actually been sort of a question mark this year and he's like the guy i mean he's a gold glove winner so uh, yeah, off a good, uh, good call, Joe. Uh, Joe probably just stole yours, uh, Hannah. But okay, Hannah, something, something that's bugging you about the White Sox still, even though you're you're pretty upbeat yourself. So uh, what's something that's bumming you out? I honestly am. I just get so mad every time they get to 500, <laughs> and then it's like they're allergic to getting above 500 because it's like that. Just it changes a lot if you say you're at 500 or you're above 500, right? And it's like every time we have the opportunity to go above, it it hasn't been happening. And, you know, you look at games like game one of the doubleheader yesterday, where you kind of complete like a little bit of a comeback. You have the chance Mm -hmm. to go ahead, but you're leaving all of these runners in scoring position and you can't get ahead and you can't complete like those big comeback close games. And I think that's what's been frustrating uh, over the course of the season. But just looking at yesterday, if we would have been able to steal that first game, it's a lot better saying you took three, of four from Cle- uh, Cleveland, and then we would be above 500 finally. Um, and just like being able to complete the doubleheader sweep, it just would have been a better, better feeling, better, obviously better outcome. So it's just, that's just, it's just frustrating. Cause it's like, what, what's the deal? Like we're, we're getting there. We're, we're almost there. And then it's like, it's, it's just, we need to get in a winning streak a little bit at least because it's just like, we're splitting all these series where, you know, the taking three or four in Minnesota was huge because I feel like it's just been back and forth, you know, win one, lose one, win two, mm-hmm. lose two. It has not been able to be a consistent like stretch where they are just like tearing the league up. And I think everyone wants to see that. And I think at this point in the season, you would think that sooner or later they're going to have a stretch uh, like that. So I think, yeah, I, I will be so happy the day that they get above 500. <laughs> I mean, we said it like a month ago on the podcast. They pretty much have to win every series, not sweep, but win every series to really get into it. Now, as it turns out, I'm not going to need to win as many games as I, I think we we think. So maybe not every series needs to be a win. Listen, everybody thinks Joe is a math whiz. I am just constantly doing calculations. I am such a bright math genius. But here's a simple piece of math. It's going to be two months. By the time they play in Colorado uh, on, on Tuesday, it'll be two months since the White Sox have been above 500, which is just absolutely sickening. And if that isn't the thing that annoys you right now or bugs you, Crystal, tell me what the thing about this team that's bugging you, even coming out of this, I guess, salvaged uh, series split. Have to go with another player, but this time it's Lucas Giolito. I don't, he was our ace, and suddenly Johnny Cueto is better, Dylan Cease is better. 
Leanne Lynn came back from injury, had a tough time back to being better. You know, we have this talented rotation of pitchers and then Lucas is back to suddenly 2018 worst pitcher in baseball, Lucas. And maybe it is a spider attack issue. Wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him, honestly, even though I love him, but he sucks. There's no way around it. He's he's like the worst starting pitcher in our rotation right now. And I miss 2020, Lucas. Yeah, it's tough that the the rotation really can't seem to get it together. I mean, Lance, okay, you know, we can't exactly put him on our, our shoulders. Well, we can't put him on our shoulders no matter what, but we can't put him on our shoulders yet. For, I mean, he's one start. It was an awesome start, and God, the team needed it. And just like we can't bury Lucas for this soft contact, you know, a loss that he couldn't recover from. But, boy, wouldn't it be nice to have, like, four or five straight strong starts? That would really probably give the fan base more confidence, you know, maybe than, than anything. And, yeah, so Lucas, uh, uh, please, yeah, Lucas, please get it together. He's, don't even don't even think about the sticky stuff. He's so frustrating to watch right now. I have no confidence in him anymore. Yeah, that's also a headline for the uh, pocket schedule. Actually, just so fret Chicago White Sox 2022. So frustrating to watch. Okay, on that note, let's take a break and let's point towards something just sunnier times ahead because we've got an interesting stretch heading into, oh gosh, at least mid-August where the White Sox ought to be able to fatten up a bit and maybe surge to first place. But we'll take a break, let you meditate on that for a minute and we won't go anywhere. We'll be back. One minute. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, White Sox fans, guess what? It's podcast, oh, I don't know, something, 33 of this year, okay? 33rd podcast. We're gone for a while. Maybe you thought we went away for good. Our our YouTube channel went like dark for a week. It's back. Oh, come on. You can watch us. You can look at us. You can see whether or not Hannah Lamana really did bring her takeout box to the podcast and it's finishing her dinner as we are discussing. The spoiler alert is she's not, but you can still check us out. You know, that's that's a fun thing too. Okay, I'm here with my best friends in Southside Sox. It's Joe and Crystal from Indianapolis. They're always around. Nothing special about that. They're my best buds. Adrian Serrano showing up as well. Uh, I believe an Adrian Serrano cat uh, also uh, making him or herself uh, known on the podcast. And listen, that is, this is a this is a pet friendly podcast. So there's no doubt about it. Yes, your opinion is very very welcome. Uh, enjoy that setting sun. Uh, and of course, Hannah Lamada, first time back since spring training. She better, she better come back. She better not wait till like post postseason. <laughs> postseason. I say postseason like there's going to be postseason. On that note, the White Sector 500 uh, heading into what you can only term as an absolutely delicious stretch of the schedule. It is, and it has been, nothing's really changed. This was the softest part of the schedule from the start of the year. Nothing's really changed. I'm going to consult my, again, my very uh, technical notes here in which I uh, played out the entire uh, rest of the season for the White Sox. We got a couple at Colorado, uh, a couple against the A's, Kansas City, Texas, Kansas City again. That should be illegal. Uh, and then Detroit, who, by the way, Detroit is in last place now. <laughs> They've fallen behind. Kansas City, what a crushing season. Adrian Serrano is going to have to answer for that. And then they play Houston, so then they're going to come back to earth real quick. But, hey, by that time, the White Sox could 
actually be in first place. Again, not tooting my own horn. I did put an article up on Southside Sox where uh, idiotically I predicted the rest of the season or just tried to anticipate it because it's like, all right, we keep hearing about this easy schedule. What's going to happen? Uh, what's going to happen is all these teams are going to end up winning like 85 games, uh, including the White Sox, uh, in my mind. Uh, that would mean the White Sox need to win 12 of these 19 games. So, yes, that's two more wins in this last stretch against the AL Central. So I'm not sure I like their chances, but 12 of 19. Uh, I would like to address this uh, very buttery part of the schedule and what you think the White Sox will do. Um, let's start on the other side of the, uh, well, the other cubicle right next door to crystal, uh, super Joe, what do you think the white Sox are going to do or what they need to do, uh, to strengthen up and sort of slingshot their way, uh, through the dog days with this really easy stretch they got coming up. I think 12 and seven is reasonable. And, um, I, I think to yeah, really solidify themselves, in the in the playoff picture by the end of this stretch, I, I think twelve and seven is enough to do it, and I do think they will barely get there. Um, like, and um, of course, yeah, I'm sure. Given the strength of these opponents, I'm sure White Sox Twitter will be running wild after all seven of those losses. But um, yeah, it just realistically, even though they shouldn't really be underdogs in any of those 19 games winning every single one or even like 16 of the 19 isn't really reasonable um just with how much day-to-day variance there there is um and but i I do think they'll get 12 out of the 19 um and they'll finally break through that 500 barrier that's been so tough recently and that that will be a noteworthy a noteworthy moment when they finally do that yeah, seriously, Joe, if they can't break 500 in this stretch, in this stretch, this, yeah, this season is that we can't actually bury this season, but we're not thinking that way. Uh, while the cat is on another podcast, Adrian, I'm going to hit you up. Uh, what do you think is going to happen uh, through mid-August with this team? I guess you've sort of given an answer, but uh, have you had uh, time to change? I mean, I guess, yeah, I kind of addressed what I believe will happen. Like what needs to happen is they have to win 15. You know, like you, you want to see them. If yeah. you can't win, if you can't finally go on one of those runs that Hannah yeah. alluded to earlier, like just even not great teams go on runs of like where they win yeah. like seven, eight games in a row. Like that's not asking for a ton out of a team this talented, but like uh, I don't think they'll get to, you know, 15, but 12 sounds like I, you know, it should, it's expected and it's fine. You know, that just, I don't know what to expect. I just uh, kind of watch them be 500. Yeah. Like, I don't know, something, like you said, something with the pitching staff, when somebody's up, then somebody's down, like Kopech's dealing. Yeah. And then, all right, yeah. now we got uh, Cueto. And then, all right, now Kopech's going to take a step back. And then, yeah. you know, so we were like, that's the only strength they have really over Minnesota. And, you know, I think it was exposed a little bit in that, you know, winning three or four in Minnesota that the starting pitching there is not good, but I expect them to feel they have a shot and add yeah. where they have a lot more in their system to pick up guys. So like, you know, you're going to add a Luis Castillo or something to that twins rotation. Like I'm going to feel mm. different. You know, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, you are. Um, yeah. To wit, uh, Adrian, the 1976, the Chris sale hating 1976 white Sox. I believe a hundred lost team. I believe won 10 or 12 in a row. It is possible. That was, you know, of course, before probably most of your parents were born, but right before I became a white Sox fan, good timing, Brett, uh, man, I'm cursed. Um, 
Okay, uh, Crystal, going to go up to you. What's it? what's going to happen? You've been all over the place. It was what, at some point, it was 47 wins on the season. Now it's like, you know, at, at the start of the season, it's 100. So you're all over the place. How are you feeling going into what should be an easy stretch? Listen, this is just my, like, bipolar diagnosis <laughs> all the time. Um, but, no, I th- I think it- – it might be 11 and eight. I don't, I don't know that I want to give them credit for 12, but like 11 is still good. They will get humiliated against Houston. Like I know that's going to happen, but the Royals are terrible. <laughs> like they have nothing right now. Um, only and- half joking, uh, only half joking. They do have COVID and that's really a worry <laughs> yeah. as the team passes through there. And they might not have been attendee soon. I mean, Yankees are really yeah. interested in him right now. Yeah. So, I mean, they're bad. The Rangers really aren't much better. So mm. I think I will be satisfied if they pull out 11 wins that series, like this yeah. kind of schedule coming up. Yeah. The Yankees are like fully vaxxed. They need to get another guy. They, they need somebody. They need a villain, right? Of course they got to get uh been ten the end or whoever they need to get half of the Royals. Like yeah, take him, I don't care. Yeah, no kidding. Um, uh, okay, um, Hannah, you are for some reason one of your uh, pet features is taking a look around. Well, it's for good reason. We want to know what our competition is, even when we're supposed to be just tap dancing through the AL Central. And you've done this for us uh, several times, including just recently uh, on site. So uh, you're fairly close to the Central. What's going to uh, what's going to happen during the stretch? During which, of course, some of the easiest uh, series are AL Central teams in the basement. I'm hoping it's probably a stretch. Uh, Thirteen, like. 13 and six that's I don't know like I, I I'm trying to stay optimistic because I just feel like you, these are games you literally need to win and honestly I have more faith in the team on the road right now just because of their splits and um and you know going to Colorado you know ball's gonna fly there hopefully like it, it just I just really hope that they could take advantage of the away games and just the, the opponents because it's like we've had our personal issues against like certain teams in the central this year but I think for the most part the Royals we've kind of been able to deal with them like you know it's not like they're, they're the Guardians or something mm-hmm. um, we have terrible luck and can't do anything against them but uh, especially even with the Tigers I just think like when if we're on the road um, I feel like we could get some some sweeps like I saw against the Royals. Um, but there's also against the Rangers. I think there's four games and, you know, you're hoping to take three, three or four from from that series. And I don't know. I just I feel like things are headed in the right direction. And I'm sure we've said that uh, a lot over the course of the season. <laughs> but I, I genuinely do think so. It's like pending any more injuries, which I don't even want to think about that. But it's like, okay, we were, you know, we're getting, we got Gundal back. We have Aloy back and Aloy, two homers the last two days. And Rundall, you know, in the games that he's played, not the first game he got back, but other than that, he's been hitting it. So you just hope that the offense can really like be consistent during this stretch against some of these teams that don't have the strongest pitching staffs. And you hope you could take advantage of that. And then you can deal with, you know, the shaky starters or the bullpen if you have bigger leads and you have comfortable leads because of the offense. So I'm, I'm going to be optimistic, which 
I'd like to do most of the time and say, you know, 13 went, but like 12, like maybe 12 is more realistic. I don't know yet, yeah. but hoping for that. Yeah. Shout out to someone on site. I don't know if it was uh, Gibby or Rust or someone that when I, when I put up the piece that sort of just tried to track what was going to happen the rest of the season, they're like, well, no, I don't pay any attention to this stuff. It's all going to just come down to injuries. Yeah. Okay. We know, obviously if somebody breaks, that's going to, of course it's huge. I can go for the white Sox, the twins, the twins are a big one. Buxton's in the, in, uh, in the lineup, the whole second half we're in trouble. Buxton, you know, runs into his usual troubles. That's a great advantage for the white Sox. So that's a given. We're just trying to look at this and say, okay, we're going to assume full health or we're going to assume, you know, the fact, you know, a guy who's injury prone is probably going to get injured. I mean, let's face it. That's a lot of guys on the white side. We think you're going to have uh, Eloy the whole season, uh, Luis, the pitching staff. It's just not going to happen. How can they, how can they weather those? If, uh, as Hannah says, 13 wins or uh, Joe with the 12, me with the 12. Everybody's generally optimistic here. We even got uh, Adrian to uh, up his estimate a bit. Uh, okay, that would probably, that would very likely at the end of that stretch, heading into Houston where things will change um, uh, or hosting Houston, I'm not even sure which is. Uh, White Sox are very likely to be a first place team at that point. How much, I don't think any of us are such stat people where we think like, you know, momentum doesn't exist. Uh, they're just robots. You know, it's just a, it's just a bunch of back of baseball cards playing the game. Uh, there's something to be said for momentum. There's something to be said about the mental hurdle of getting over 500, as silly as that sounds. And there's definitely something to be said about getting into first place. Uh, the White Sox, can they use this to slingshot themselves in the first place? And then does that give them uh, what, what is it? The last, uh, I think about seven weeks of the season, let's say six, seven weeks. Does that give them a distinct, a distinct advantage getting into first place and saying, okay, now you guys are chasing us. You know, they haven't done really good uh, these last two years under Ricky and Tony uh, in the home stretch. They've sort of choked and flattened out at the end of both seasons, but is there something to be said? Okay. We're in first place. Now you got to catch us. Is that going to help this team out? Just finally getting to first place where they should have been all season. I think so. I think because like they haven't yet dealt with the pressure on them as to be the team being chased this year. So like until you finally prove that you are good enough to, you know, hold on to that, I think it's going to be in the back of the head. Um, as Hannah said earlier, like losing that first game, that winnable game in the first game of the doubleheader yesterday, like you feel just so much different coming into this after that twins thing, winning three of four, jumping Cleveland in the standings and then like, all right, you know, that's already, now we have a jumping point. We're getting in the right direction. Like the difference between feeling that and then coming out of this, you know, 19 games still under both teams like that, where you were already beneath, like is a huge thing. So like if they are somehow able to crawl into first place after this stretch of games, which they have a chance to, then I think that would actually make a difference in the way that you'd see them uh, on the field and their body language and their excitement. I think it would play a difference. But I also think that gives uh, gives the White Sox a swagger they need to really uh, kick in and get into October. I agree. I think that will definitely help them because this team is amazing on paper. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just the most frustrating part of the season is how how great they are on paper. So I think they do just need that boost of confidence and some more energy. And, you know, as it's been said already, players are finally starting to come back and they're performing as expected um so i think if they can maintain it and they can play with more confidence then yeah they will be the ones being chased and i think it'll help them out i still don't think the playoffs are realistic but i think it'll get them through these hurdles of the last seven weeks 
I'm sorry to be straining. I'm looking at my little tiny uh, writing here, but really here's the thing. You get to first place. They don't even have back-to-back series that are different. They got a Minnesota, Seattle back-to-back, and then they got to end the season. They got Minnesota, San Diego, Minnesota. All right. Two tough stretches. I mean, that's the rest of the season. Uh, it could be big to really take advantage of that. Uh, uh, Joe, Hannah, what are your thoughts about just getting into first place and then being able to look back at her brain and saying, all right, you, you come and get us now. Yeah, I think that if they are able to get into first place after this stretch, I think that the overall energy, everything will, they will have that mentality of like, okay, like now you guys try and beat us. Like, I feel like they're just kind of cruising right now, but like they need to be up there, see what it feels like, you know, uh, have everyone back into it and just overall the energy. And then once you have that, you know, hopefully you can do something with it, you know, whether that's go on a bit of a run or individual players having really good stretches. And like, I feel like once they are able to go on a run, it'll, you know, maybe like once you get, if you win like three or four in a row, I feel like they could also go on to win like, you know, three more after that or, yeah. or four, yeah. you know, they just need to like get to that point. And we haven't seen them get to that point yet or be in, you know, yeah. those first place standings and, those um all of their games against minnesota obviously are very very important so to end the season you know depending Mm -hmm. you know we don't know if it's gonna be make or break we don't know if they're gonna be in first we're gonna be in first whatever but either way still got to get past this stretch first and then you can start thinking about yeah no matter where they're at they're gonna have to earn it i mean they're gonna have to defend first place or they have to crawl into it with the way uh, things are shaping up with minnesota okay socks math joe you think uh there's something to uh you know sort of this this emotional um um, content here where getting into first place really is going to mean something for the team? I'm open to it. Um, overall, I, I think it's uh, certainly more of an issue of they just simply need a certain amount of games to to make the playoffs. And um, yeah, this is just a really good time to get those wins. Um, in terms of you know when they come, I'm not a big believer in in the idea that um, if if they don't come now, then um, you know, it'll, it'll be yeah. uh, significantly worse to the morale to the point where it'll it'll hurt their their chances to make a deep a deep playoff run this year. But I mean, yeah, we we've, we've seen that before with with teams somehow. Like maybe they just need to see something go right, and then you know they have a little bit of a um, a, a streak, so to speak, where they where, you know, they, as, as soon as one part, one thing starts clicking and you know, the rest of the team starts clicking. So yeah. Um, yeah, it certainly couldn't hurt to go on a big run right now. And um, yeah, it's certainly having a positive, you know, mojo within, within the clubhouse. Um, I do think that, you know, going 12 and seven or better would certainly do that and could never hurt. All right. I'm going to say it again. So I can be roasted later. If they do not, if they win only 10 games or God help us fewer in this stretch, they are done. Bury them. And I will be embarrassed to do podcasts and we will do like comedy podcasts, music podcasts. I don't know if we can even do White Sox podcasts if they cannot win more than 10 games in this coming stretch. Enough of that. Okay. Here's the surprise a category that I did not give my panel before. And it's the speed round. What I want to know is who is going to be presuming the White Sox make uh, use the stretch again in the first place. And that catapults them into a really good second half, whether they make the playoffs or not. Who is going to be the second half MVP of the White Sox? Now, picking Jose Abreu is easy, because you, but you sort of expect that. So who is the person who's going to most impress you in sort of a heroic uh, run? I think I have Crystal's answer, so I'm going to go to her first. Crystal, who, who is going to be your second half MVP? 
You won one, Kata. Okay, you took my answer, and that was your answer. You already gave it to us, but he's the guy really, really primed. Okay, uh, uh, Hannah, who you got? Uh, I think I'm going to go with you on one, Kata, too. Oh, my God. Okay, Joe Reeses, uh, please break the trend, even though it's the correct answer. Uh, who's going to be your second half MVP, assuming the White Sox do what you think they're going to do and uh, push into the playoffs? I'd go with Tim Anderson. I like his defensive value at shortstop, and I feel like he's kind of due for – Mm, uh, a big is. run at the, at the plates, um, which he got to a, a flaming hot start to the season, but has kind of come back down to earth. And I, I, I could see him um, unleashing with with uh, another excellent run um, at the plate. All right. I think I know Adrian's answer, too, but no, I, I'm not sure he'll actually I'm not sure he'll use it. But OK, Adrian, who's your guy? Um, the, to answer the question, like it's going to have to be one of these two guys and it's either going to have to be Yasmani or Aloy. Like if one of those two aren't, you know, rising to that level, then this team is not mm. going to have to worry about that part of the season, you know? Uh, okay. We have a little extra time. So I'm just going to ask again to, to the group, uh, how embarrassing is it that Rick Hahn admits that they're almost definitely having to go after bullpen health i understand it's a cliche that you always need bullpen health but they spent what is it 800 million dollars in the offseason toward their bullpen and that's the top priority oh lord help us is that embarrassing or is that just realistic everything he does and says is embarrassing <laughs> like sucks. Annoying. I, want, I want one of the beat writers to ask him like hey rick if you could go back you think you didn't invest enough resources in the bullpen before the season I mean, he would probably, I mean, he sort of did say yes, you know, I mean, sort of offered that yes, but then also I like the caveat of, you know, we're not going to be open anymore. (laughs) We're not going to let you in on the process anymore as if this is a really giving team. Oh God, White Sox, you cannot get any tighter. You can have a heart attack for God's sake. Uh, Hannah, Joe, you embarrassed by, uh, by the notion that we got to chase more bullpen help with uh, expensive Joe Kelly, expensive Kendall Graven, expensive Liam Hendricks, expensive Aaron Bummer on the team. I guess I'm not surprised by the answer, but it, it's it's not one that I liked to hear at all. The bullpen, honestly, I'll, I'll defend them for a second. We have like a minute left. I'll be quick. But they really are not that bad this season. They've got a bit of a bloated mm-hmm. uh, ERA based on some really terrible defense, and I'll put that kind of on the coaching staff and not putting replacements out there. But yeah. the bullpen's actually been good, except for Tony and the training staff limiting – when he can use the guys like so we have to use guys that are less talented because the other guys are just magically not available and if that ever lifts then that's a completely dominant bullpen with Aaron Bummer coming back yeah uh yeah and you know listen Hannah found out on this podcast this is a good time to catch up on the end, end of your meal and uh, you know because there's a lot to listen to there's a lot to offer and uh, uh Hannah don't be a stranger um uh, please come back I will Okay, that's all we need to know. Uh, Not even contingent. So if the team does lose like 12 in the next 19, all right, I'm holding you to it. You're going to have to show up. I need more ladies. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm here. I got you. Absolutely. All right, well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for realizing or remembering that we do have a podcast. It's been like, I understand it's been too long. I apologize. We're back. Hopefully we'll have good stuff to talk about. Makes it easier to do a lot of podcasts. Maybe even like a post-game podcast, like for like a no-hitter or some crazy thing that may happen. Uh, Anyway, thanks to the uh, Indianapolis field office, uh, Joe and Crystal, uh, Hannah LaMotta with the takeout box. And of course, I'm never going to drop it. Uh, Of course, Adrian Serrano plus cat extra that's that's just bonus that's bonus for us and you know here's the here's the you do not have to pay the cat scale it's awesome uh okay hey we'll be back probably sooner than you think uh maybe even as soon as tomorrow we'll